0: Lauren. You're listening to Wait to Panic, a podcast where two friends take turns trying to scare one another shitless. This week, it's Lauren's turn. And it's
1: the last week of the FBI Most Wanted Women series. Oh, I'm so excited to be at the start. Yes. Preface I skipped two people because I could not find a ton about them. Um, so we were talking about Ruth Eisman Shire today. The people okay. that I skipped. If anyone's curious, let me pull up my link that tells me who they are. Searching, searching for stuff. Lauren's got to hunt for stuff. Lauren really does. I didn't skip Angela Davis. I didn't skip Bernadine. I don't remember who I skipped. Either way. But yes, we're at the, the very beginning. Ruth is the first woman added to the FBI's most wanted list. Uh, she was added in 1968. She was number 293. Gotcha. Yeah. So it took about eighteen years for a woman to get on the list? There's still only ten thus far. Huh. Okay. Interesting. I know, right? Okay, so Ruth Ismanshire. Do we want to jump into Oh, we want first? to do happies. Oh my god. Okay. Yes, we do. And I even have my happy prepared this time. And you asked me about it before we did the intro. ADHD. Do a grade. Fun. Okay. Um, So, my happy this week is that I get to try on my wedding dress. Yes! Yes. I'm excited. I'm very excited. It's going to be wonderful. What about you? What's your happy?
0: Oh, my happy was that it was a really short work week, and... Ooh!
1: Yeah. Oh, that's right. I will never... You probably had last Monday off.
0: Yep. Three-day work week. I only had Tuesday through Thursday. Nice! Yeah. So, no complaints there. The house hunt continues, so that's still kind of poopy, but
1: <laughs> whatever. I I don't envy you, but the end uh, result is worth it. I promise. I know. But Ugh. it is a pain in the
0: ass. It's so tiring. No one tells you how tiring it is to just go look at houses. To Ugh. walk around outside?
1: Ugh. No, Genuinely. No, like
0: five Five minutes in, I'm like... Either yes or no, I like or I don't like this place. Now let's go on to the next. Let's speed this up. Yep. <laughs> I'm very snap judgmenty about what I do and don't like in houses. It's a great thing to be. <sighs> it is, except for when you've then got like 45 minutes before your next appointment to <laughs> kill. <laughs> Coffee break? Starbucks run? Well, we are in phase two now, so yeah. that That's is a higher possibility than it was a week ago. Exciting,
1: exciting, exciting. Yeah. Okay. So FBI. FBI. Let's jump back in. I can go back to being hyper-focused on something. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Exciting. It's fun being diagnosed. Woo. Okay. At least it
0: happened.
1: Yep. (laughs) So Ruth. Ruth was born in 1942 to Austrian Jewish refugees that had escaped the Nazis by fleeing to Honduras. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, there's not a huge amount that I could find about her early life. Like, that's really the majority of it. Like, she had some freaking awesome and lucky parents that were able to get out of the shitstorm that was Europe at that point in time. Um, yeah, no kidding. So Ruth was raised in Honduras and went to the <coughs> National University of Mexico for her undergraduate. Um Come 1968, Ruth had moved to Florida, and she was studying at the University of Miami Institute of Marine Science as a graduate student.
0: That sounds warm. It sounds
1: warm. It also sounds hurricane though. though. It does. Win some, lose some. Win some, lose some. And it's also kind of where her life went off the fucking rails, because okay. while studying there... Uh, she met and started dating a man named Gary Christ. Okay. So now we're going to just dive on into what got her onto the list. Alrighty. So December 17th, 1968, uh, similar to right now, uh, there was a influenza pandemic going on. It was the H3N2 oh. inf- influenza A pandemic uh, spreading across the world.
0: Cool. Cool.
1: So Barbara- mackles and her oh yes very cool pandemics the best Mm. yep turns out they're way more common than i thought they were
0: yeah they're just not usually like this
1: unmanaged
0: yeah that one
1: okay so h3n2 is going on uh barbara mackles and her mother jane who i'm going to call mrs mackles for the point of the story at. I don't know why. I love that. Right. (laughs) It's just a fun thing to say. Um, So they were staying at the Roadway Inn in Decatur, Georgia, which is just outside of Atlanta. I am sorry for any mispronunciations. Uh, And they were there because Barbara was attending Emory University. So Barbara had the H3N2 flu and her mother, Mrs. Mackles, had... Come up from Florida to take care of her so that Barbara could finish her year-end exams. Okay. And ultimately planned, like, hey, it's cool. I'll drive up there. I'll take care of you. I'll drive you back home for Christmas. Coral Gables, Florida. We'll be waiting for your winter break. And if something sounds idyllic, Coral Gables sounds idyllic.
0: Yeah, I know. That sounds lovely. (laughs) Is it? Is it a lie? It's
1: not a lie. Coral Gables is indeed lovely. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, they didn't make it back to Coral Gables. Um, So they're staying at their inn, and they hear a knock on their door. And they open it to see a man dressed as a police officer with another person, his partner, presumably. uh, And they are told, hey, Barbara, you're friend slash boyfriend, because there's conflicting reports on whether or not he was a good friend or a boyfriend. Could be both. Stuart Woodward has been in a car accident. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So, once they were into the room, these two people, um, they quickly this is so awful, uh, knocked Barbara down and then they chloroformed, bound, and gagged Mrs. Mackles. No! And then they forced Barbara at gunpoint into the back of a car. Oh, dear. It okay. went to hell really quickly. That is, yeah. no Hell in a handbasket right there. Very, very fast. Uh, so the kidnappers, then once they had gotten Barbara into the car, said, Hey, Barbara, you're being kidnapped. No shit, Sherlock. And then they drove her to a remote tree-filled area in Gwinnett County near Duluth. Oh, yeah, so this is okay. already going to be really bad. Um <sighs> Okay. Barbara was then buried What? In, in a fiberglass reinforced box. What? In a shallow trench. Why? So I'm very sorry to anyone with claustrophobia. Like that you might want to just like skip because I'm gonna say some upsetting things. Ugh. So it turns out that um Barbara wasn't just a student at Emory University. No, no. She was the heiress for a land developer company. Oh, okay. So that's why. (laughs) Uh, But we'll we'll get there. So the box that she was buried in had an air pump, a battery-powered lamp, water that was laced with sedatives, food, and written instructions for Barbara to operate everything within the box. So Was there a light? Yes, so one of the, okay. the battery-powered lamp was one of the items okay. in the box. Gotcha. And, I was like, well, that's kind of shitty to give her instructions <laughs> and nothing to read it with. <laughs> you want to know what's more shitty? This is how um, the instructions started. Do not be alarmed. You are safe. Fuck oh. no, you're not. Be alarmed. And then, I've seen
0: Fear Factor too many times. It never ends well. Either bugs start coming into the case
1: or water does. So they continued on. You are God. presently okay. inside a fiberglass reinforced plywood capsule buried beneath the ground near the house in which your kidnappers are staying. Your status will be checked approximately every two hours. Okay, one second. Okay, but that's a lot of time for things to go wrong. It's a lot of time for things to go wrong. Let me pull up. Okay. So then they continued on. The capsule is quite strong. You will not be able to break it open. Be advised, however, that you are beneath the water table. (sighs) If you break open a seam, you would drown before we could dig you out. The capsule instrumentation contains a water-sensitive switch, which will warn us if the water enters the capsule to a dangerous degree. Your life depends on the air delivered to your chamber via the ventilation fan. This fan is powered by a lead-acid storage battery capable of supplying the fan motor with power for 270 hours. They plan to leave her in this thing for a long fucking time. However, rude. the use of the light in other systems for only a few hours coupled with the higher amperage drain will reduce this figure to only one week of safety. Should the air supplied prove to be too much, you can partly block the air outlet with a piece of paper. So consider it. A muffler has been placed in the air passage to prevent any noise you make from reaching to the surface. If we detect Ugh. any commotion, which we feel is dangerous, we will introduce ether to the air intake and put you to sleep. Oh, Jesus. Okay. There's more. Ugh. Okay. The Just fan operates the off. on six volts. It has a switch with two positions to switch between the two available circuits. Should one circuit fail, turn to the other. The box has a pump, which will evacuate any accidental leakage from the box when you turn the pump switch on to the on position. This pump uses 15 times as much power as your ventilation fan. Your life support battery will not allow use of the pump except for emergency water evacuation. The light uses two and a half times the amperage of the air circulation system. This is a lot of science shit. This is so much math. This is so much math. Like (laughs) No one buried alive is going to be capable of doing this fucking math. Use of the light when not necessary will cut your battery safety margin substantially. If you use the Did light. Did they give her a fucking book to read through? Jesus. Basically, yes. Come <laughs> on. This is a user manual for being buried alive. Yeah. Uh, oh, and Lord, I'm skipping right. some parts, I hope you know. Uh, your capsule contains a water jug with three gallons of water and a tube from which to drink it. Be careful to blow the water from the tube when you are finished drinking to avoid siphoning the water onto the floor when the tube end drops below the water level. Sorry, they stuck her in a fiberglass box with a hamster drinking wheel. <laughs> they did. Like, uh, okay. Your capsule contains a bucket for refuse and the products of your bowel movements. The bucket has an antibacterial solution in it. Don't tip it over. The lid seals tightly to prevent the escape of odors. A roll of wax paper is provided. Use it to prevent solid waste from contaminating your bed. Cotex is provided should you need it. They gave her sanitary products. Like, that's okay.
0: Okay, how big was this box? Because initially I was assuming it was like coffin box. It was
1: coffin box-ish. Like, she describes it as a coffin in her interviews that she did. But here, let me send you a picture of this thing. Okay. She would not have been able to stand up straight at all. Okay, but she could still like, squat. Like, you could squat. It was more comfortable to lie. Okay, so it's this guy right here.
0: Okay, I mean that's that's bigger than I was expecting. Which, yeah. yes, make jokes.
1: <laughs> oh dear goodness, yeah. So it it was large enough that she would be able to squat to use her bucket, but not yeah. large enough that she would be standing up in any way. Hmm. Okay. God, that's so much instructions. There's Ugh. it's so much. Okay. Blankets and a mat are provided. Your warmth depends on body heat, so regulate the air to prevent loss of heat from the capsule. A case of candy is provided to furnish energy to your body. Tranquilizers are provided to aid you in sleeping, the best way you have to pass the time. I'm going to skip a whole bunch. Okay, don't get me wrong. I love any time to catch up on my sleep, (laughs) but on my terms. (laughs) I, I could not help but think like, wow... I feel like Gen Z would just be looking at this and going, oh my god, a nap? Like, they have that level of (laughs) dark humor. I feel like it would be happening. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I am going to read the last little bit of the letter. We're sure your father will pay the ransom we have asked in less than one week. When your father pays the ransom, we will tell him where you are and he'll come for you. Should he fail to pay, we will release you, so be calm and rest. You'll be home for Christmas one way or the other. Okay. Oh. More considerate than you would normally think of a kidnapper. Yeah, I
0: suppose, but...
1: But still real right. shitty, so... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Barbara is out buried. Shit is bad. Um, she actually had a quote that... God, this is terrible. Along with the terrible instructions, um, she said that after she had been forced into the coffin... She screamed and screamed. The sound of the dirt got farther and farther away. And finally, I couldn't hear anything above. I screamed for a long time after that. So, like, as she was being buried, she was just screaming. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, Um, honey. Real bad. Okay. So, with Barbara safely stored away, the kidnappers carried on with their plan. They sent their ransom request to Barbara's parents. So, they demanded... 500,000 USD in 1968.
0: Oh, that was a lot of that's a lot of money now, but that was a lot of money then too.
1: It is approximately 3.85 million in today's dollars. That's a good chunk of change. It's a good number. It's a good number. I like cuts do not kidnap me, but it's a pretty hefty ransom. I would Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So after the ransom request was issued, uh Barbara's father Robert Mackle, who I'm going to call Mr. Mackle because, again, <laughs> who doesn't like the last name Mackle? Um, uh, I love it. Immediately started working on the ransom. So as we mentioned, like, he was a massively successful Florida land developer. Um, Like, money wasn't going to be an issue. He even, like, built penthouses for President Richard Nixon and all of this stuff. Oh, wow. Um, okay. What the kidnappers didn't really factor in for was that he was such like he was so rich that he was politically important. Uh, oh. So <laughs> Okay. Mr. Mackles, uh, while he got the ransom together, also made a few other phone calls. Sure. At a boy. So one of good the reasons dad. the very good dad. So one of the reasons he <clears throat> was making the penthouse for Richard Nixon was that he was personal friends with Richard Nixon. Oh, Oh, oops. Oops. He was also personal friends with Senator George Smathers at the time. Okay. So the FBI were called in immediately, and not only were they put on the case, but J. Edgar Hoover himself personally took over the investigation, and U.S. Senator George Smathers coordinated information to the FBI that was being supplied by the Florida State Police. Gotcha. Kidnappers okay. kind of fucked up.
0: Yeah. A little but, bit of miscalculation on their part.
1: Yep. 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 So so with the metaphorical search party gathered, or not metaphorically, that's wrong, but the search party gathered, <laughs> Mr. Mackles like, moved forward with his first attempt at the ransom drop. Like, they were just going to observe, do it as expected, and hope to catch the people. So, okay. Unfortunately, the first one was disrupted because two policemen walked by. Apparently, they didn't know what was going down. So the kidnappers got spooked and ran off on foot, leaving behind their car with photos of a man in a police hat and a car registration listed to a George Deacon, who's listed as the owner, that the FBI found.
0: Was the car stolen or
1: was it actually his? It was George Deacon. It was actually his. They weren't smart enough to steal a car. Oh, honey! oh, honey! Um, so they did a second ransom drop while they were researching all of this information, so <laughs> the kidnappers they had their money, but no one was hearing from the kidnappers, like they were supposed to call and tell someone where Barbara was right she like right. she she hadn't reappeared, they hadn't heard anything, yeah. and it, some
0: kind of reassurance that she's still alive, all of that,
1: yeah, um, and it's just not happening. So the FBI, as they continue to hunt down everyone, they found out that they could really easily trace that George Deacon back to the University of Miami, which is where Ruth was doing graduate work. And, uh, well, George Deacon, he built ventilated boxes for a living. Oh. So when they went and talked to Deacon's boss, he also provided the name of, you know, someone that Deacon spent a decent amount of time with. Shocker of all shocks, it was Ruth. Oh. Yep. Okay. What's more, they were able to, uh, so at this point, Ruth and George Deacon were added to the FBI's most wanted list, um, because they had a few names, so they threw them out into the world. And because of this, the FBI was contacted by a man in Georgia that claimed he had bought a trailer from some random dude, but he found some really suspicious and weird paperwork inside of that trailer specifically all right. letters that were addressed to George Deacon and Gary Crist, Ruth's boyfriend, and when they ran prints from the failed ransom drop compared to the prints on those letters, Gary and George are the same person. Oh, all right. So he was going by George Deacon because Gary Crist had escaped from federal prison in California. Oh, oh there's... Yep. There's some of the missing pieces. All right. Yep. So Gary uh, Christ was actually born in Pelican, Alaska in nineteen forty-five. And he started off his career in crime quite young. Uh he started off with a string of robberies at the age of fourteen in nineteen fifty-nine. Well, start it young. Or don't. Or don't. <laughs> I'm not saying
0: it was a good plan, Lauren. Just saying get your life experience in. Oh
1: god. Oh, sorry, I should correct. State prison, not federal prison. Uh, So in 1966, he was serving a sentence for automobile theft in California State Prison, and he managed to escape and hightailed it over to Florida, where he ended up meeting Ruth. And I'm sure that there was multiple crimes in between. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Barbara's still in her box. Ruth and Gary were identified as the policemen, and Ruth had been the additional person. She had been disguised as a man and acting as the partner, so she's fully complicit. Yep. (laughs) And Gary, also George, on December 20th, 1968, calls the FBI switchboard and gives an operator vague directions to where Barbara was buried. So at this point, Barbara's in their minimum three days. Seventeenth to the 20th. Okay? So the FBI gathered up more than a hundred agents, and everyone spread out to find Barbara. And this is a little interesting. Some of the accounts that I found um, said that FBI agents were digging at the ground even with just their hands, if they couldn't find any other tools. Like I'm just imagining right. a bunch of people going to go for town all across the ground. Yeah. So Barbara huh. was found dehydrated but alive. Because I guess she didn't okay. like her hamster drinker.
0: I mean, they told her outright it was laced with sedatives. I can't blame her. Uh, yep.
1: Also that <laughs> she was uh, likely going to accidentally siphon water in to drown herself in said water sedatives. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So she was found dehydrated but alive and rescued. And all, all told, she was buried alive for 83 hours.
0: Okay. I mean, that's less time than I was expecting, honestly, but... The FBI did their
1: fucking work. Yeah. They were fast. So, Barbara said that she stayed positive throughout this entire process by just imagining spending Christmas with her family.
0: Aww. And apparently
1: she had no negative mental repercussions throughout her life because of it.
0: Smart girl. I mean good coping mechanism
1: highly 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 balanced individual it sounds like yeah Um, she won't take any interviews about it now that it's done um she did that's a good thing uh, yeah she did some interviews and it resulted in some books and movies that we'll talk about a little bit later um she did end up marrying stewart woodward so they went on to have a happy life together and the number I was able to find, and I don't know how accurate it is, is that her overall net worth nowadays is almost three hundred million. So I'd say she's doing quite well overall.
0: Yeah, I think she's recouped her what three point
1: eight five or whatever it was, three point yeah. eight.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So yeah, story's not quite over yet because Gary and Ruth weren't very good at covering their tracks. Kind of sounds like it, yeah. <laughs> they, they did not really, they didn't think this through. They just really didn't. So, Gary Christ, and they were on the FBI's most wanted list, like. Right, yeah. Everyone's looking for your face. So, Gary Christ was found hiding in a Florida swamp, like the snake he is, and was sentenced to life in prison for the kidnapping and burying of Barbara. <clears throat> Fortunately, he was also paroled after serving only 10 years. All right. And then he was granted a pardon so he could attend medical school and become a doctor. interesting turn of events, but okay. He practiced medicine for many years in Indiana before his medical license was revoked in 2003 for not disclosing a disciplinary action he received during his residency. all right. It keeps going. Of course it does. (laughs) So Gary then decided that he was going to go back to criminal activities because that's what he does best. And really, I question whether or not they ever stopped. I I would debate probably not. Yeah. So in 2006, he chartered a boat to South America and was gone for a couple of months, so like January to March. <clears throat> and when he returned to the U.S., he was caught off the coast of Georgia with 14 kilograms of cocaine. Yep. Which okay. is approximately $1.3 million value today. Uh, and (laughs) he was also found with four aliens on his boat, and he was arrested for conspiracy to bring drugs and aliens into the country with some strong hinting that the aliens were victims of human trafficking. Why am I not surprised? Yeah. (coughs) Gary, not, not a good dude. Uh, so Gary pled guilty to drug smuggling and running a cocaine operation in Barrow County, Georgia. He was sentenced to five years and five months in federal prison in 2007, but was released in 2010. Of course he was. Yep. Why not? And in 2012, his his parole was revoked because he left the country without permission, when he sailed to Cuba and South America on his personal sailboat, (laughs) which was a violation of his parole so he oh, got another honey. 40 months in prison he's not
0: the uh brightest brick is he
1: he's really not he's not a shiny rock at all there is there is no glimmer coming from that particular uh, individual yeah so he was found pretty quick he was found within a couple of days of barbara being recovered that's ruth that's good at least it's very good uh Uh, Though it doesn't really seem like they bothered to actually do anything with him. Like, I feel like he just got so many options of getting, like, how do you get a pardon to go to medical school?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did he, maybe, like, fix up someone in a prison yard accident and be like, hey, look, he's good at sewing someone up. I don't know.
1: know. (laughs) Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. I got nothing. Maybe. Uh, So Ruth, Ruth was better at hiding. Uh, So she was a lot harder to find. She was missing for 79 days before she was ultimately found in Norman, Oklahoma, which is kind of a, it's not a suburb, but like a city just outside Oklahoma City. Um, Okay. And she claimed she went to Oklahoma and left Florida because she and Gary were separated during the ransom drop. She didn't make it back to the car and she thought that Gary had abandoned her doesn't sound like okay. a person you should have been planning with in the first place, Ruth. Like, not, not really. reliable. So, Ruth was sentenced to five years imprisonment and was released after four years and deported back to Honduras. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, she, she was released early with the agreement that she would go back to Honduras. That was the only way that she was going. Okay. So, this crime was so, like followed, and I hate to say popular, but popular, that it became <laughs> multiple different media items. So there are TV episodes, there are TV shows, there are books, there are movies. Um, So the first book, 83 <laughs> Hours Till Dawn, which is where I'm pulling the 83 hours from, was a book written by Barbara that was later converted oh. into a movie. Gotcha. And it details the entire attack from Barbara's perspective. Um. I read an excerpt, and it was heavy but interesting. So I it might get added to my book list. Okay. So there was also – okay, do you remember those, like, Oxygen movies and ABC, like, original movies that we used to watch? Yes. Yes. Okay, so apparently they were going on a lot longer before the 90s, because in 1972, ABC released a on-TV movie called The Longest Night, that was about oh, yeah, story. I've heard about that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's this story.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh,
1: I also feel like I've heard of it, but I can't be 100% sure. So then in there's also an FBI Untold Stories episode on it. It's called Buried Alive. It's Season 1, Episode 13. And then there was also a series called A Crime to Remember and a Season 5, Episode 4, Coffin for Christmas – is oh, about God. Barbara. Little Gosh, Yeah, little gauche. Little Gosh. So there are there are a lot of other things. G- Gary wrote a book. I'm not going to tell you the title of it, because fuck that guy. Uh, I don't yeah, think he deserves any royalties, so.
0: I was going to say, let's not give him the royalties that come from
1: that. Read Barbara's book. It's much better, I'm sure. She sounds like a much smarter cookie in the first place.
0: Not that she needs the money, but support Barbara instead. <laughs>
1: I bet you anything it just goes to charities in the first place, though. So. Oh, I'm I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. So that was shorter than I thought it was going to be. I had so many long notes, it just went really quickly. <laughs> but yeah, that is that is the story of Ruth Eisman Shire, the first woman on the FBI's Most Wanted list. Huh. Really, overall, it seems like it was mostly Gary.
0: Yeah, kind of seem I mean, she was definitely involved in it but he kind of seems like he was the mastermind behind that one
1: mm-hmm. i actually i found through researching a lot of these i feel like all of them have either been um social unrest driven that i don't really 100 percent like agree with the people being put on the fbi's most wanted list or yeah a lot of them seem to be driven by relationships and men right. driving things which i found yeah, interesting with the with the exception
0: of uh <laughs> oh brenda. brenda brenda oh brenda
1: you cray girl
0: which was also relationship driven but it was not the male instigator on this one it was just
1: no it's, it's brenda just...
0: brenda went deep on that one
1: brenda needed help and brenda didn't get help no brenda got the wrong kind of help she had people that there helped her go. but in the very wrong way <laughs> She yeah. needed the psychiatric hospital that your last episode mentioned. She really did. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, that is that is the FBI Most Wanted Women series all wrapped up. Like, thoughts, feelings, tell me.
0: It was interesting. I I honestly forgot that the FBI had a Most Wanted list, but it, it was kind of neat to go through and hear about the majority of the women that were covered on it. And, yeah. Yeah, it's just... I feel like
1: Brenda was the worst one.
0: The Brenda first was episode the was one. the
1: worst one.
0: Yeah, she she set the the precedent for that one. And everyone after that was like, oh, well, I mean, okay, sure, you're on the list. But hey, at least you didn't, you yep. didn't do what Brenda did.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hold well, on. It's, it's like, just I inter- feel like.
0: Go ahead. If Brenda had started the list instead of Ruth, that would have really, like that's what i would have expected for women on this list not me too not everyone else
1: i it it really puts into perspective who actually gets added to that list i think like yeah i don't know to
0: like minimize the crimes but it's so much more it's not the right word for it but it's so much more petty things than i would have imagined like again the women weren't necessarily the the instigators on all this or it was again like you said some kind of a social issue Mm -hmm. it wasn't like mass armed robbery over decades yada yada there was one or two but yeah
1: but like compared to the things that we normally talk about on a weekly yeah. basis uh yeah exactly they they feel <laughs> it's kind Milder. of weird. it's very weird to say this it almost feels more lighthearted than the normal things we talk about right. like everyone survived <laughs>
0: i didn't lived! want to say it but yeah
1: <laughs>
0: yeah so yeah yeah, it's just we we have our our bar that was set, and it was again with the exception of Brenda. Brenda kind of met our bar, but everyone else was like, "Meh." <laughs> like I can understand how you you got there, but
1: not Brenda. You made bad choices, yeah. but you weren't as bad as Brenda. <laughs> I oh, Brenda. I honestly think that Brenda might be the worst story I've ever told. Oh, no, Carl. Carl's the worst. Carl Carl. Kanzler's the worst. Then Brenda. Yeah. Mm. And Georgia Tanks would bad, too. Oh, Dennis. Oh, never mind. I'm not going to keep listing through the stories I've told. Uh, Clearly, my brain is blanking out the shit that I have looked at. (laughs) Again, brains are good at that. Mm Mm-hmm. Brains are amazing at blocking things out. Yeah. Okay. You want to hear some puns? I do. Let's get some puns. Time sir for some
0: punnies (laughs) My God, kind kind of fucked that up. I'm sorry. That's okay. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not gonna go back and fix it.
1: (laughs) It's fine. Ah, ooh, a collection of terrible puns by Will Steiner. All of them. Polar bar. Wow, a polar (laughs) bar. (laughs) We are amazing at talking today. Did you know that? Ah, okay. A polar bear walks into a bar and says to the bartender, I'll have a rum and Coke. The bartender asks, what's with the big paws? And the bear shrugs and says, I was born with them. (laughs) Paws.
0: That's dumb, but funny.
1: (laughs) Do you know how you can spot a nosy pepper? It gets jalapeno business. (laughs) Oh, I like it. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, this is for the grammar people out there. What did the prescriptivist owl say? Whom whom? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I died a little inside there, but yeah. You loved it. You loved it. (laughs) I did. Uh, Do you know what you say to a llama that loves picnicking? I do not. Alpaca lunch. Ah. Uh, Okay. This is a long joke, but it has a penguin, so I'm going to read it. Okay. A vacationing penguin is driving through Arizona when he notices that the oil pressure light is on. He gets out to look and sees oil dripping out of the motor. He drives to the nearest town and stops at the first gas station. After dropping the car off, the penguin goes for a walk around town. He sees an ice cream shop and, being a penguin in Arizona, decides that something cold would really hit the spot. He gets a big dish of ice cream and sits down to eat. Having no hands, he makes a real mess trying to eat with his flippers. After finishing his ice cream, he goes back to the gas station and the mechanic looks up and says, Looks like you blew a seal. No, no, the penguin replies. Oh, it's just ice cream.
0: <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> No. Oh yep, penguin <laughs> yeah. We all make
1: choices. <laughs> God, a photon checks into a hotel. The front desk asks if it has any luggage. It replies, "No, I'm traveling light. <laughs> it's funny cause it's true. <laughs> Did you hear about the new corduroy pillowcases? They're really making headlines. <laughs> I was just saying that sounds so uncomfortable. (laughs) Uh, Do you know why the pony couldn't sing in the choir? Because it was a little horse. It was a little horse. (laughs) That's adorable. Uh, Oh, I'm not reading that one. That one probably has a great punchline, but it's so long. Uh, (laughs) Do you know the body temperature of a tauntaun? No. Lukewarm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I knew it was going to involve Luke somehow. Uh-huh. Uh. Uh. The past, the present, and the future all walk into a bar. It was tense. <laughs> Rumors of a food shortage at this year's Spoonerism conference turned out to be a complete lack of pies. <laughs> Pack of pies. <laughs> lack of pies. <laughs> uh. Oh, this one's really stupid. But the stupid ones are best. I dropped my toothpaste. I'm crestfallen. Aw, this is really stupid. Also, I hate the taste
0: of like mint toothpaste.
1: I like I mint toothpaste, why. but I'm specific about the flavor of mint toothpaste. Like, I'm I'm not really a big spearmint yeah. fan. Uh, like, peppermint, Wintergreen, though. Wintergreen, which and this is going to be a really weird association, is the best, but it also smells like Clorox. So I don't. Yeah, really, you're not wrong. Like. I love the smell of Clorox because of that, because I love the taste of wintergreen, but I can't just go huff Clorox because that'd be very bad. So I have to settle with eating the white lifesavers. We all make choices more. (laughs) And I choose to have brain cells, Anastasia. (laughs) Uh,
0: As long as it's not cinnamon toothpaste, because only monsters like that.
1: Okay. So fun story. (laughs) Okay. I can't do anything cinnamon, like artificial cinnamon flavored or like cinnamon sweet flavored at this point. Is this a Fireball story? This is the Fireball story. <laughs> so I, oh man. So me and Fireball had a bad night one time. So my Everyone friend- and Fireball has a bad night <laughs> at some point. My friends and I, for some reason, were drinking alone and we both had a pizza each to ourselves from like Domino's or Pizza Hut. I don't know. Okay. A a very greasy and not going to sit well pizza. Uh, and we each, for some reason, had gotten a fifth of alcohol. So I had a fifth of Fireball and she had a fifth of Huckleberry Vodka. And somewhere oh. into the night, we decided we were going to start drinking along with the Disney movies we were watching. And then we started swapping alcohols with each other.
0: No. It was
1: all a complete mess of poor life decisions. Into a box. And ever since, even the smell of Fireball or, like, Big Red Gum or Cinnamon Toothpaste, like, any of it, immediate hurl. Immediate gagging. It's bad stuff.
0: Yeah, and I also can't imagine any of that was good coming back up round two.
1: I mean, if it was bad, I don't remember it. Well, that, again, (laughs)
0: good job, Brain. Yeah. Yeah like me and tequila i know
1: i've grown oh up, but i that's all i remember tequila is one of my friends whiskey tequila no. and wine those are the alcohols that i drink tequila is horrible that's okay we can have you can have tables. mine I, I you can, can have, have 100 well you and rory can split my rum because i can't do rum can't do it i love 151 it's you and Rory are the only people I know who like <laughs> drinking that. The only people I know. But you both do. So congratulations. Uh, it's all it's for our you. our little weird club. <laughs> uh, do you know why people love Switzerland? Is it their cheese? Because they're neutral? Because they're chocolate? The flag is a big plus. Unlike Canada's, which I could take relief. <laughs> uh <laughs> Do you know how the trees feel in spring? No. Relieved. I was going to say a lot because it's
0: almost warm, but (laughs) there had to be a leaf pun.
1: Uh, They're dead. Oh, no. If a kid won't take a nap, is that resisting arrest? Yes, but don't give them sedative-laced water. It's a bad idea. There's a reason that they stopped putting, well, I don't remember if it was heroin or cocaine or what the shit into, like, sleep aids, but there's a reason it got taken out. Oh, yeah. The 50s were a weird time.
0: What a wild time. hmm Just
1: unregulated drugs and everything. <laughs> Ironically, the people who say drugs are bad now. <laughs> Fair point. I suppose they would know firsthand, wouldn't they? <laughs> Yep. Uh, you know, I stayed up all night to see where the sun went. Then it dawned on me. Ha. <laughs> uh. So a guy walks into the doctor's office. A, bana- a banana is stuck in one of his ears, a cucumber in the other, and a carrot stuck in one nostril. The man says, Doc, this is terrible. What's wrong with me? And the doctor says, well, first of all, you need to eat more sensibly. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh. What do you call a book on voyeurism? What? A peeping tome. Ah.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, I like it.
1: What'd the conductor say when she found her missing music? Score! Ah. <laughs> that makes sense. Band kids. Din, din.
0: Also, did you ever, like, lose a piece of sheet music, but you were okay because you'd memorized it? Like, concert music?
1: I mean... I didn't, but that's because I did a lot of the music library shit in high school. Oh, fair point.
0: But I did memorize some of them. (laughs) I remember Allison and I, like, we had forgotten our... God, it was, like, some horrible four or five-page sheet (gasps) concert piece, and we forgot it. And we did fine (laughs) until the last page, and... Our band teacher like looks at us after this one soul, which we still fumbled our way through. Thank you very much. Like, <laughs> do you guys have your music? <laughs>
1: like, no. <laughs> Wait, and was I this know... in a rehearsal or was this in a concert?
0: No, it was rehearsal. Okay. <laughs> but I don't know if he looked like more impressed that we had made it through four pages. Without any problems up until that point, or just sad at his life choices of being a music teacher?
1: <laughs> I would go with impressed. I feel like impressed. I I, I like that one better. <laughs> uh, do you actually have your music? No. No. Beautiful. I wish I had done that. Oh, man. Uh, and I can tell that story because I can guarantee he'll never listen to this. Yep. You know, I was going to tell a joke about sodium, and I thought, nah. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> yep, that's not getting it. It's the periodic table of elements. Element Na. Nah. <laughs>
0: Is it either going to be that or
1: no? That's
0: a little too salty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Do you want any more? There's a lot on this list. Give me one more. My friend has fallen head over heels for a new girl. She's only a humble whiskey maker, but he loves her still.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's cute and I
1: like it. Okay, well, on that note, that's all for this week. Thanks for listening and check back next Sunday for another episode. If you need some extra spookums, check out our mini stories at waittopanic.com. And as always, if you have a story to share, send us an email at waittopanicpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Make good choices and remember, wait wait to to panic. panic.